people at sailinggodspeople.org with your host, Dennis Beard. We've been talking about sailing because God spoke that in January the 19th, 2019, while we were in Transamerica, Kenya, Africa, to seal my people by my word as angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. It lets us know that the time and the coming of the Lord is nigh at hand, but there's a work of the ministry before then that we must prepare for. And this is exactly what was spoken. In Ephesians 4, Paul addressing the church at Ephesus, stating that he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Then he says, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we come to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The key word there is the knowledge of the Son of God. Many will say, well, I already know Him. Uh, We we know Him not after the flesh, we know Him after the Spirit, uh, for we have been baptized in the Holy Ghost, uh, that with fire, and so we know it. Well, yes, but this is not gnosko, uh, knowing Him after the Spirit. This is epigonosko, and epigonosko is a higher glory. It's literally to the image of Jesus Christ. For whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And those that he did predestinate, them he called. Then that he called, he also justified. And them that he justified, he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Not something less, but to the full image. Now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is uh, liberty. And we find that God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. And we have those four faces in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that first one in Matthew is the lion of the tribe of Judah, the face of a lion. And Mark, the perfect man. Then we have the gospel according to Luke, the beloved physician. There we have the ox, the suffering servant. And in John, the flying eagle. So when we see Genesis 3, that God set cherubim at the east end of the Garden of God. Notice it's the east end. And that east or eastward always has in Greek a gematria of 144, 12 squared, or MD, or 100M40D4, or that is... 144,000 perfected glory, 1,000 always being perfected glory in the Word uh, for those that are sealed. And that's where we are now, the sealing of God's people that we see in Revelation 7. We have to prepare for that. That's the reason we find that the angel ascends, uh, ascending, that's progressive, from the east, having the seal of the living God. Well, he said cherubim at the east end of the Garden of Eden to keep the way of the tree of life, not to keep man out, so to speak, but to keep the way, the truth, the life, uh, lest that man would go in, uh, in that fallen state and live forever. That cherubim that you see in Genesis 3 is capital C because it's deity. It's the Lord Jesus Christ himself and his four faces. That is, 
lion, man, ox, and eagle, depicting the glory of the Lord. For God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. And that face in four faces uh, shows his humility as well as uh, his exaltation or glorification. His exaltation, he's God. He's always been God, always will be God. His humiliation, he became a man, made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. He did that so he could uh, redeem us that were under the law. He became one of us. Now, to have that revelation, they're coming to that measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man. It is through the gift of the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory. There's no other way to be sealed except by that Holy Spirit of promise, whereby we're sealed until the day of redemption. It is a, a prerequisite and understood that we must obey him in present truth walking in the light as he is in the light. Then we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. <clears throat> That's progressive. For God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Now that treasure is the chambers. It's the priest's chambers. It's where that the treasures of gold and silver and all of those were put in the priest's chambers. And that was only in Solomon's temple, not in the, the tabernacle of Moses. We find there in the priest's chambers that it was the treasury of the Lord. And the priest had to build that, just as we have to build those chambers, which is the truth. And the chambers in our imagery, the chambers in our mind, which is the word and by the word through the word of God. Therefore, the Holy Ghost will not speak of himself, but he will speak of me, Jesus said, the Son of God. Now, it's the same spirit. We realize that. There's only one spirit of God, and the Lord Jesus is that spirit. But the spirit has different offices. If we have a, a corporation and a holding company, and we have in this holding company, uh, ABC Holding Company, and uh, under A, we would have a roofing company. Under B, we would have uh, uh, an air conditioning company. And then under C, we would have a flooring company. And it would all be under the heading of the house. Things that pertain to the house, the building. So if we go into the correct office, then we would be able to purchase whatever product we wanted. For example, if we needed a roof, we would go into uh, Section A, the roofing company. But if I went into Section A, uh, which is a roofing company, and I said, uh, I'm here to purchase a floor. I want a floor put in my house. And they would say, well, you're in the own office. You're in the wrong office. And uh, then we would respond and say, well, isn't this ABC holding company? And they said, yes, of course it is. But you're in the wrong office. 
There's only one business here, but there's various offices in this one building. And in that one building, there is a roofing company. There is an air conditioning company under B, and under C, there is a flooring company. You need to go to the C part of it for the flooring because you're in the roofing. Well, the same way it is in God. The administrative office is the Father. The Word is the, is the expression office of the thought, plan, purpose, and will of God. The Holy Ghost is the power office. The Son of God is the redemptive office. The Son of Man is the kingdom office. And each of these various offices are one and the self-same Spirit. But God working in and through each office to redeem us. He's always been God. But to redeem us, the Father, the self-existent, eternal Spirit of God, made himself of no reputation to take upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. Now, why would he do that? Why would he humble himself in order to redeem us that are under the law? And we see in Romans 5, by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, and death by sin, therefore by one man shall my servant make many righteous. Well, who is that servant? Isaiah 43.10 says, Thus saith the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the self-existent eternal Spirit of God, the invisible Spirit of God, and my servant whom I have chosen. Now that servant, you can see, it is that invisible Spirit made visible that servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. Now God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost, the Lord who is that spirit, Christ, is now working in and through the body of Christ to bring us into the exact same image in a body compacted together, whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love. Now, to understand that, it's a work, and it's a progressive work. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But Paul says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. The excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves, but he gave it to us for him to be glorified to the praise of his glory. And that is the effectual working of grace upon our hearts and our spirit, our human spirit, and then through obedience, the outward reflection in life. So God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. And that's to the praise of his glory. For the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Who is the Lord? The Lord Jesus. Jesus is the Lord. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that to the glory of the Father. He went to the glory of the Father. That's righteousness. 
The Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We all with open face. Now the face, therefore us, has to be open to the things of God and not only believe, trust in, and adhere to it, but obey it. We all, all of us in the body of Christ, with open face, beholding is in a glass, the glory of the Lord, not our glory, His glory, are changed into the same image, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Well, the Lord's working. Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's Christ doing the sealing. But there are four different levels. The first level is that of newborn babes. These babies are unskillful in the word of righteousness. They're saved, been born again of the water and the spirit. But then they grow to little children. 1 John 2, 12-14 states, I write to you little children because you have known the Father. Not only are their sins forgiven for His namesake, they have known the Father. They know that Jesus is the Father. He is the expressed image of His singular person. But is that the stop there? Is that the fullness of glory? No. Then we go to young men. John said, I write unto you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you, and you've overcome the wicked one. Now they're overcomers. And he that endureth the end, the same shall be saved. Him that overcometh to the end will be saved. Now we see that in Revelation the second and Revelation the third chapter of what it is to be an overcomer and the reward that we will have by doing so. Then in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, we get a glimpse into the throne room where we are seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus where there are four and twenty seats and four and twenty elders, speaking of the priesthood. But we find also before the throne four living creatures, four beasts, and their four faces, a lion, man, calf, and eagle. The calf is not full-grown ox, but a calf. And we find in Ezekiel 1 that it has burnished brass as a calf's foot. Burnished, polished brass, it shines, meaning the glory of God revealed in and through the body of Christ. What is this work of the ministry? Why in Hebrews... Paul speaking of Melchizedek in Hebrews 5, 6, and 7, the 5th, 6th, and 7th chapter, expounding on Melchizedek, saying it's hard to be uttered, seeing you're dull of hearing. When you ought to be teachers, you have need again to be first again taught, again, the first principles of the oracles of God. Then the babies are unskillful in the word of righteousness. But he that's weaned from the milk in a full age, those are the ones that have their senses exercised thereby, that they can discern both good from evil. And he goes on about this man, Melchizedek, Melek, King, Sadak, righteousness. Well, we know the Lord, he is our righteousness, and we receive it by faith. 
Paul said, I've suffered the loss of all things and do count of the dung, that I might win Christ and not be uh, found having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but the righteousness of God by faith. Now he tells us how he got that faith, how he received it. He said, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now that faith was not obtained through anything that we do as the body of Christ, not of works, lest any man should boast. For God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Therefore, it is God in, by, and through Christ himself, God Almighty, that we obtain salvation, not of works, lest any man should boast. Therefore, in the work of the ministry, Paul stated that we were to know, even in the Pentecostal realm, in the season of Pentecost, we should know Melchizedek. But he said, it's hard to be uttered seeing you're dull of hearing. That's the king priesthood of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus that each member in the body of Christ is called for. <clears throat> and we, through obedience unto righteousness, obtain that where the forerunner has already entered in. Now, the work of the ministry, it's a progressive work. Because we go from newborn babes to little children to young men, then to fathers. And the fathers, that's a small f, literally full grown into the image of Jesus Christ. What are these fathers? What, what level of glory is that? Well, John states in First John 2, Verse 13 and 14, I write unto you fathers because you've known him that's from the beginning. I have written unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. Well, who's him from the beginning? The fathers have that knowledge. Well, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Who is that? Jesus Christ. He is the word. He is the father. He is that spirit. He is the Holy Ghost. Always has been God. Always will be God. But he took upon himself a body of flesh and blood. He took upon him the form of a servant. Philippians 2, 6-8. To redeem us that were under the law. The Word was made flesh. And the Word, Father, and the Word, and the Holy Ghost are one and the self-same Spirit. 1 John 5, 7. But now He's given us His Spirit. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus in you, which is the Father of glory. Galatians 4, 6. God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, whereby we cry of a Father. One and the same. To this final high calling of God in Christ Jesus that we are called for, that we're to be earnestly contending for that faith that was once delivered to the saints. 
And many have said, well, it's another revival or uh, there's a, a coming of, uh, and, and there's something there, but we don't know what it is. Yes, we do know what it is. It's revealed in the Word. Everything is in the Word. You're, you are complete in Him and have need of nothing else. Whereby your uh, circumcision, uh, circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh there in Christ Jesus. Then start your growth process by being not conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Well, how high do we go in glory? To that of fathers. Newborn babes, young little children, young men, then fathers. There are four different levels of glory there. Four different levels of sealing. Four different levels of engraving. The engraving of a signet. And that is uh, the work of the ministry that we are called for. Now Paul said uh, that I am not perfect yet. Neither have I already attained. But to the church at Philippi he said, I am reaching forth to those things which are before forgetting those things which are behind. I'm trying to apprehend that of which I'm apprehended of Christ Jesus. God wants us to have this kingdom of God more than we actually desire it. And Paul was stating that. I'm trying to apprehend that of which I'm apprehended of Christ. Pressing toward the mark that mark is a is a tab. It's not a loft, beth, camel. It is a tab. It's the last letter of the Hebrew abecedary. It's a salvation. The final consummation of all things. It's the end. And he that overcometh to the end, to the tab. That, that will be saved. And we find that work going on right now as God in the present season that we're in has gone from Pentecost into the last season of God, the last feast of God, which that is the Feast of Tabernacles, containing three feasts, the Rosh Hashanah, the Yom Kippur, and the Feast of Sukkoth. Now, in that Rosh Hashanah, Rosh, the head, the beginning, the new, the head, the new, the new thing, the kainos, the new thing that God is doing. Then God said, I'll do a new thing. Not revival as usual, but a total new thing. And that is the Rosh Hashanah. The Rosh Hashanah means the head or the, the new year in the Feast of Trumpets, which is the ministry voice of Jesus. And we're in that and headed to it as God prepares us in this season of tabernacles for the work of the ministry. Now, what is the work of the ministry? It's not revival. It's a new thing. It's the highest glory that the body of Christ will obtain to before the second coming of the second advent of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's the work of the ministry that for the perfecting of the saints and for the work of the ministry, what we are all called for. And God gave a fivefold ministry to get us there, for us to obtain it as the body of Christ. Every individual member in particular, 
with different ministrations, but the same one spirit that God will be glorified through the praise of his glory. And it's a mystery of God's will from the foundation of the world in Ephesians 1 to gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus. Now, what is this work of the ministry? Well, we know that call for that high priest, that high calling of God is that priesthood, the king priest with the Lord our God, and we will reign with the Lord in the earth for 1,000 years. And we find that in the book of the Revelation. That was given for us to know in the season of Pentecost. Now we're already in the season of Tabernacles. The third season. There, Melchizedek, that king priesthood, already was given in Pentecost as Paul was trying his best to bring this to the church in Hebrews 5, Hebrews 6, and Hebrews 7, seeing that it's hard to be uttered, seeing you're dull of hearing. You're not far enough and grown up enough and mature enough to receive this revelation of Melchizedek, the king priesthood of which the body of Christ, each member, is called for. And then he says in Hebrews 6, they're leaving, therefore, the first principles of the doctrine of Christ, of the oracles of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Right there talking about Melchizedek. And Hebrews 5, Hebrews 6, and Hebrews 7. And in Hebrews 6 says we need to go on unto perfection. Not laying again the foundation of faith toward God, repentance from dead works, the doctrine of laying on of the hands, and of baptisms, and of the resurrection, and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. And he goes on talking about if they fall away after being tasted the heavenly gift and the powers of the world to come, it is impossible to have them renewed again, seeing they crucify fresh the Son of God. A very serious, serious, profound truth. We must always not be backsliding, but pressing toward that mark. Even as Paul said, pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if you be any otherwise minded, God will reveal this even unto you. That's the mind of Christ, which will, in that fathers, going from babes, to little children, to young men, to fathers, and those fathers will be sealed in their foreheads. The Melchizedek, the king priesthood was revealed to the body of Christ in the Pentecostal season. Now we're already in the tabernacle season. We're not Pentecostals, we're tabernacleists. <clears throat> and in these tabernacleists, it's a higher glory that we are to attain and obtain it through Christ our Lord. Now, what is it? What is this glory? What is this growth going from young men, which are overcomers, 
we read about in Revelation the second and Revelation the third chapter, going on to fathers in Revelation 7. It tells us who they are in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5. As we look there, we're going to see, we see the king priesthood. We see four and twenty seats in heaven. And we know in Hebrews there that Paul talks about that God has provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. These all died in faith having never received the promise. But they had this testimony. They were looking for a, a city whose builder and maker is God. Here we have no continuing city. But they're looking for that one whose builder and maker is God himself. The Lord Jesus will build it. He is that God. Well, what is that work? What is the work of the ministry? What does God expect of us as a body of Christ? And we already know that he has elaborated on Melchizedek in 5th, 6th, and 7th chapter of the book of Hebrews. But he also states something in Hebrews 9. And he talks about a worldly sanctuary, Tabernacle of Moses, having a divine service. And as he elaborates on it, he says within the veil, the altar of incense, and then he says the cherubim of glory shadowing the mercy seat. And then he states of which now we cannot speak particularly. You can't speak particularly about the cherubim. Why not, Paul? Well, because it's for the season of tabernacles. The final season, not in Pentecost, which was the embryonic church in Acts the second chapter, starting out as newborn babes going uh, there to little children, there to young men, and us in the last days to fathers. And fathers knowing him that's from the beginning, which is the word the thought, plan, purpose, and will of God given to each of us in the final consummation in the Sheba in the seventh that God has literally swore by himself and sevened himself for that that is determined shall be done. What is so important in this revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things. Those are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. These things are the faith that was once delivered to the saints. These things are what we see in Revelation 19.10. When John saw this man, that same man that Paul saw, Caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, he could not tell. Such as one caught up. Caught up? Is that the rapture? No. It's caught up in glory, just as Jesus stated in John 
No man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And we see that he's speaking of the Son of Man. Somebody say, well, that's Jesus, yes. But in the Son of Man, kingdom office, he is the head, we are the body of Christ, making but one man filling heaven and an earth, of whom the whole literal body of Christ is named that name, Jesus, in heaven and in earth, is named and called by the name Jesus. As many as been baptized into Christ has put on Christ. And we take on and call by that holy name, Jesus. Jehovah is salvation. We receive the Holy Ghost after we have repented and been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, being born of the water, and receiving the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. Then he has dealt to us the measure of faith. And to obtain, we have to obey the leading of the Holy Ghost for our particular call, specific calling in the body of Christ. Fitly framed together, whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love. This is happening now for those that have an ear to hear. God is calling the body together. And when doing so, he will break down every wall of man-made denomination. And he states that in Hebrews 12. He covers this in the book of Hebrews. In Hebrews 12, he said, Now the Lord hath promised yet once more. He will not shake only the earth, as he did on Mount Sinai, the mountain being on fire when the glory of the Lord, the Lord descended upon the mountain and said to stay, don't touch it. Anyone touches the mountain will be thrust through with a dart. Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But this will be far, far greater. At that point in Hebrews 12, it says, the Lord hath promised, yet once more, I shake not only the earth as he did back then, but also heaven, that all that can be shaken may be removed as of things that are made. Man-made faith. The fear of God taught by the precepts of men. Man-made organizations. He will break down every wall and everything that is man-made. Every heresy and every denomination and every division will be broken down. Calling his body into one, which is the mystery of God's will from the foundation of the world, to gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus, revealing Jesus Christ our Lord as living epistles, a royal priesthood, lively stones, whereby, whereby we are built up a spiritual house unto the Lord. Not an iron or a physical temple, but literally a naos, a spiritual temple of God. We're living epistles, Christ in you. But what's the work? The work of the ministry that the Lord is so 
at urgent and warning us in Revelation, the second and third chapter. And after each time he spoke the word to each of the seven churches of Asia, he said, I know thy works from Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamon, Thyatira, uh, Sardius. Sardius, he said, the Sardis church said, I have not found thy works perfect. Ephesus, repent and do your first works over. It's a higher level of glory. Pergamon, him that overcometh thy gift to eat of the hidden manna. Hidden? God said, uh, uh, Jesus spoke in John 16, says, here the two I spoke in parables. But the time coming, I will speak no more in parables, but I'll show you plainly of the Father. Who's the Father? Jesus is. I'll show you plainly of the Father. You ask in my name, I say not that I'll pray the Father for you. John 16, for the all that the Father uh, has given, he loves me and has given all things to me. That life, all life would be in Christ Jesus. He is the Father revealed. That's the reason by that revelation of Christ in 1 John 2.22. Who is a liar but he that knoweth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist. That has denied both the Father and the Son. Why? Because Christ is the Father. He is that invisible spirit. Christ is the Son. He is that invisible spirit made visible in the days of his flesh. But now it's expedient that he went to heaven. For if he doesn't go, the Holy Ghost of Comforter will not come. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now where is, he, is the Lord revealed? Through the living epistles in each individual member, in particular of the body of Christ, as living epistles. We are that house of God. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost to show forth to the praise of his glory, standing in the power of his might, seeing our good works which glorify our Lord Jesus in heaven, not us, him. For it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's the faith that he has dealt to everyone, every member in the body of Christ, the measure of faith. So what is this work? What is the work of the ministry? In Hebrews 9, 5, he speaks of this cherubim. It was not to be revealed in Pentecost. These cherubim of glory shadowing the mercy seat, of which now Paul said, I cannot speak particularly. Why? Because it was in the season of Pentecost. And did Paul see it? Of course he did. But he went on and said, why he couldn't speak particularly about it? He said, I saw a man. Caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body, out of the body, I cannot tell. Such as one caught up to the third heaven and saw things that were unlawful for a man to speak. That's a final man that they see in Revelation 19.10. John saw it. He saw that man. He saw the same that Paul saw. That man caught up to God into his throne. Not raptured, but in the earth. Filling heaven and earth. Christ the head, Jesus the head, 
We, the body of the Christ. Heaven my throne, earth my footstool. John saw him in Revelation 19.10. He was about to worship him. And he said, see thou doest it not. I'm of thy fellow servants and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. I'm not raptured, but I have something that the others do not have. I have the testimony of Jesus. Then he goes on and says, Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That's a small s. Revelation 19.10. What is that spirit of prophecy? It's the testimony. What is that testimony? It's the faith that was once delivered to the saints that will be revealed in the last days. In a time, times and a half, three and a half years, 42 months, 1,203 score days of the Jesus ministry in Revelation 10, Revelation 11, and Revelation 12. And at that time, we find in Revelation 12, there's a man child caught up to God. There it is again. That man caught up to the third heaven. There it is again, that Revelation 19.10 man. There it is in Revelation uh, 12. A woman clothed with the sun and moon and under her feet, upon her head a crown of twelve stars, cried travailing in pain, and brought forth a man-child. Now we find another wonder in heaven, a great wonder. A great red dragon having seven heads, ten horns, seven crowns upon his head. And he's trying to devour the child as soon as she brings forth that church. That woman is the church of the living God. But the dragon, no serpent, the scorpion, the devil will do everything he can to devour her child as soon as it's born. That's the final consummation in Christ in you, built literally in you, built up in all things in Christ Jesus. Believing all truth. Being led of the Holy Ghost into all truth. Manifesting charity. You've added to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godly, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity, which is not just love. It's a love for God and of God based in his word doing his will. That's charity. That's the reason charity will cover a multitude of sins. I can say I love God all day long, but if why not call him Lord, Lord, and do not the things he says. You draw close to me with your lips, yet your heart is far from me. And that's the reason your works will follow you. And he's looking for those perfect works that accompany salvation. Not of us, lest any man should boast, but the works that accompany salvation, the works of the Holy Ghost. It's the acts of the Holy Ghost. It's the signs that follow them that believe. It is the fruit that you will bear and bring forth. And if we do not bring forth fruit, every branch that does not bring forth will be cut off and cast into the fire. And that fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22, you'll know them by the fruits. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance. Against sets there is no law. The nine gifts of the Spirit. 
It's all in him, by him, and through him. But it's for the final last day, three and a half year, Jesus' ministry called the work of the ministry in Ephesians 4.12. That's what you and I call for. That's what God is doing now. We're going to see that he spoke about these cherubim, shadowing the mercy seat. But Paul says in Hebrews 9.5, of which I cannot now speak particularly. I can't go into that. He saw these things that that man caught up to the third heaven, saw things unlawful for a man to speak. He couldn't speak it. Caught up. It's a ministry of Elijah. To have that double portion of the last days, Elijah, we must see that ministry of Elijah, a ministry of restoration. When we find in Acts 3, 20 and 21, that the heavens must receive Jesus into the times of the restitution of all things, not part things, not partial things, not one verse, but led and guided into all truth. And that's the reason why in Revelation, the 10th chapter, we find John, the beloved disciple, that did not die a mortar's death, died later on, and wrote the book of the Revelation. And in Revelation 10, he said, the seven thunders uttered their voices. And he was about to write, said, write it not. The voice is that ministry voice of Jesus, but it's hid. In whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Why? Because there's only one way you're going to get it. Only one way I'm going to get it. And that's through the word of God, through the leading of the Holy Ghost. That's the reason why we have to be renewed, not conformed to this world, but be transformed in the renewing of our minds. Romans 12. So John then, it was told, take the little book out of that angel's hand. Nobody's going to give it to you. You've got to take it. And you've got to eat all of it. Now that's a Bibliorridium. The Biblion is the word of God that we have uh, from Genesis to Revelation. But the Bibliorridion is, it's compacted. It is literally compacted together to where we can eat all of that book. A Bibliorridion, mentioned four times in the Word of God. Tree of Life, mentioned four times in the Word of God. What is this? It's the last day work of the ministry that God has uh, shaven himself, sworn because he can swear by no greater, he swore by himself. He sevened himself, shaped himself, that 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 is determined will be done. For he could swear by no greater, but there that by these two immutable truths, that he's faithful and true. Who is that? It's Jesus Christ, Revelation 19, 10 through 13. We see a coming there and on his thigh a name written, you know, faithful and true. In Revelation 19, 13, on his vesture dipped in blood, his name is called the Word of God. Who is Jesus Christ? He is the Lord. He is the Word. He is the Father of glory. And this will reveal in the last days. For those that have an ear to hear, God is literally revealing the work of the ministry now. He is uh, revealing those cherubim 
shadowing the mercy seat, which Paul couldn't speak particularly about. He is now revealing it because we're in the season of tabernacles. Not Pentecostals, we're tabernacleists. We're going on in. Now, the work of that ministry, the work of the cherubim of glory, is shadowing that mercy seat. We're going to go in the next podcast in the depth, revealing what the work of the ministry is. What this image that we are called for to the perfect fullness image of Jesus Christ through the word of God. For the Lord is that spirit. The spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. Stand there in liberty wherein Christ has made you free. But we all with open face, we have to be open to it. To the leading of the Holy Ghost. Not listening to a bishop, a pastor, apostle, prophet, denominational teachings or whatever, but turning to the Lord our God and hearing the voice of the Lord for the time is coming and now he is. And those that hear the voice of the Son of God, those that are dead shall live. Somebody said, we're not dead. Come and let us return to the Lord. Notice it's a watchman on that misbah, the, the watchtower. Watchman, watchman, what of the night? Watchman, what of the night? I've set you, individual members, as watchmen to the body of Christ. If you hear the sound of the trumpet, that's the ministry voice of Jesus in the Feast of Trumpets, and sound the alarm of war. There's warfare going on right now. Seducing spirits and doctrines of devils trying to seduce the servants of God. If you hear the sound of the trumpet and uh, uh, warn them of the alarm of war, then there will be no blood upon your hands. Well, what is it? It's a chariot of horses, a chariot of men, a chariot of camels. It speaks of that last day work. The work of the ministry. We will go into detail on it. The cherubim of glory, the cherubim of glory, shadowing the mercy seat. Why? Under the wings of the cherubim. And we will see the work that you and I are called for in the work of the ministry. These cherubim of glory in the work of the ministry is the chariot, the cherubim, the chariot of the cherubim. And the chariot is the word of God that you have the Logos in you. The horses is the rhema word and the obedience that you do, which is the life of the chariot. A chariot in itself will do nothing. You can know all the word of God until you obey it. There's no glory given to God in heaven. That they may see your good works and glorify your father, the Lord Jesus in heaven. The work of the ministry. It's a strange work and bring to pass his act. His strange act. We go into detail on these cherubim, the work of the ministry unto perfection, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, unto a perfect man, Jesus ahead, we the body of the Christ, fulfilling the work of the ministry of three and a half years of the Jesus ministry. Be sure and tune in. Don't miss a podcast. Subscribe to it. 
Don't miss that God's calling his uh, body together right now into the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, Epigonosco, to the perfect image of Jesus Christ. Many saying, well, there'll be revival. There won't be revival, friend. This is a total new thing that God said he would do. But only those that have an ear to hear will understand those things. Jesus is not speaking in parables anymore. He's showing us plainly of the Father. He is showing us uh, that faith that was once delivered to the saints. He is showing us now and revealing the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy. And you cannot understand the words of the book of this prophecy well without the spirit of prophecy. In Revelation 19.10, we find that man. Paul saw it. John saw it. Elisha saw it in the Old Testament. We find Ezekiel saw it. Daniel saw it. We will go into specifics. When uh, John heard those voices of the seven thunders out of their voices, he was about to write. Write it not. This is not going to be where any commentator can just grab and dissect it and, and put out what he thinks on his commentary. This will be by the work of the Holy Ghost. It'll only be through the Spirit of God and His Word and revealing His Word to those that have an ear to hear. John, take that little book out of the angel's hand and eat you all of it. It'll be sweet to your mouth as honey and bitter to your belly. Nobody's going to give it to you. You've got to take it. There, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Don't let anybody knock you out of it. The law and the prophets were unto John. Since that time, men press their way into it. We're pressing now. You're going from Pentecostal to Tabernacleist. We all go higher in the Lord Jesus Christ to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus, and then we will preach this everlasting gospel, the gospel of the kingdom of God to all the world, for witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. John ate it. He ate that book. He ate all of it. John, you must again prophesy. You've got to preach this word, publish it, proclamate it. The promulgation of this word to all kindreds, nations, to kings, all the earth, all nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings. You have to publish it to all in the earth. But it's the whole book. And you are John the beloved disciple coming in one. One mind, one accord with the Lord Jesus Christ. Not in a Pentecostal move, but in that of tabernacles, you will be called a tabernacleist. Friend, we have our gift offer this month, gift offer 1001, which is eight DVDs in the Jesus only doctrine of Christ, which is essential for a ceiling going from babies to little children that to overcomers and then final fathers having their father's name written in their foreheads I think you'll find it a blessing to you eight DVDs roll over two hours teaching on each DVD on the revelation of Jesus Christ now you can get this right to me Dennis Beard at post office box 2906 Longview Texas 
zip code says 75606. That's Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or visit our website, dennisbeard.org, or sealinggodspeople.org. Request your copy, eight DVDs, on the revelation of Jesus Christ, mention offer 1001. That's 1001 for your gift of $100 or more, and we'll get it right out to you. Again, that's the Revelation of Jesus Christ, eight DVDs, over two hours teaching on each separate DVD of eight DVDs, over 16 hours of teaching. Therefore, normally a gift of 160, you can have it, or gift offer for this month, gift offer 1001-1001, request the Revelation of Jesus Christ, for your gift of $100 or more, right there at Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606, or the website, org or sealinggodspeople.org. I know it'll be a blessing to you. Until the next time, Brother Dennis Beard say, Behold the Real Jesus.